Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Happy Easter. Well, I don't really think that these two party poppers that I found from several years ago are really going to make much of a difference in our celebration of Easter. We might be feeling a little bit like that today, that maybe this isn't what you're used to. You know, normally for us, the whole of Holy Week and Easter itself is this great experience of gathering together and you perhaps have your favourite high points during the week, gathering for the Compline services or for the three-hour service on Good Friday. Maybe for you, the high point of the week is the choir celebration that we often have on Easter Saturday evening, or particularly when we gather on Easter Sunday morning itself. And remember some of the celebrations that we've had the last few years with balloons and confetti cannons. Have a look at this as a reminder. I think the thing that I love most about that recording is that I told Jill that it was going to happen and she was still surprised when it did. Now it might be also that you have some personal things that are part of your normal Easter, which this year you're not going to be able to do. Perhaps for you, Easter is a time of gathering together as a family for a big meal or a big celebration. And either way, this year is going to be very different. But perhaps there's an opportunity for us maybe to connect with different parts of the Easter story that, that aren't always so real or immediate to us. It might be that this year we can understand and empathise more with the disciples in their fear and their confusion. It might even be that we can enter into something more of Jesus' sense of isolation, even abandonment, particularly for those who are living on their own. Well, I think, although we've never lived through a time like this, I think that there's an opportunity this Easter for us to discover afresh the wonder of the resurrection message. And so we're looking at John chapter 20, and uh, it begins early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. And it's really interesting that it says here that it was still dark. Mary's love for Jesus took her to him even when her faith and her hope were almost gone. There's something about that. In dark times, we may not understand, we may feel that everything has gone wrong, but we still find a love for Jesus that can never be removed. And so often, even when everything is going wrong, people still find that they want to turn to the Lord and they want to pray. Now, we know that ultimately this will lead for Mary to a very deep and personal encounter with Jesus in the passage that follows from verse 11. But just think also what it says about how God does his best work even before we've realised that he's done anything. So Mary came while it was still dark. But what she discovered when she got there was that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now we know that means the Lord had risen. And of course he'd risen while the disciples hadn't discovered it. They were still desolate. They were still um, in their mourning. 
They didn't realize that God had gone ahead of them and that there was a victory that had already been won that they just needed to go out and to discover. So she found the stone was moved. Now we know that means the tomb was empty, but she didn't see that. Um, she immediately ran back. But it does remind us though that our faith is based on evidence. Something actually happened. Something had made a difference already. But the, the evidence is often a bit confusing. It's, it's partial. So we see things that show us that God is alive and he is at work and our faith is real. But we also see many things in the world that would seem to suggest that he isn't. This is all about being able to trust the evidence that you see that says that God is real. That actually is the most substantial. And all the other things, when you're not sure whether he's there or not, he will show you eventually that he is there, he is present, and he has won the victory. And so Mary goes back to the disciples. She goes back specifically to Peter and to John, and they race off to the tomb. It's actually quite funny because John seems to make the point as he writes his own gospel here, that he was a younger man and he ran faster than Peter did. So it says that um, he outran him and came to the tomb. Both of them were running, but the other disciple, that's John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Then Peter came along behind and went straight into the tomb. And then in verse eight, finally the other disciple, that's John again, who had reached the tomb first. So four times he says it. He says he outran Peter, he says he got there first. Peter came along behind him and then he reminds us that he had got there first. They both were moved to run to the tomb because they wanted to see the reality. There was something in their heart that even their, their desolation and their grief couldn't remove. And that was this, this desperate hope that there would be some way of being with Jesus. Now we know that what happens is that when they get to the tomb, the apostle Peter runs straight in. But what he sees when he gets there is not a body. All he sees is he sees the cloths. He doesn't know what to make of it. And John, who'd got there first, as he reminded us, eventually summons up the courage, probably following in Peter's courage and the wake of that, to go into the tomb. And he says that when he saw the cloths, he believed. And the question is, what was it that he believed? You could say that he believed that Jesus was risen from the dead, but I'd like to suggest maybe it's even more than that. Maybe he believed everything, not just that Jesus was risen, but everything else as well. <clears throat> now, I wonder if any of the families have been playing games during this lockdown. As Becky and I have started to feel a little bit better and have a bit more energy after our illness, we've started playing a few more games with Rachel and just enjoying this family time. I don't know what sort of games you play, but a lot of families perhaps will be familiar with Jenga. Jenga is that game where you have a big stack of bricks and you pile them up into a tower. And the idea of the game is that you gradually take out as many pieces as you can to see how long you can keep the tower upright before it all topples over, when you remove something that's perhaps a little more essential than you realised. Well, I just felt as I was thinking about the Easter message that God was saying, don't play Jenga with your faith. Now, often when things are confusing, you start questioning everything. And so one of the things you might want to do is just 
question some of the things in your faith and, and perhaps see if your faith would still stand if you took out that little piece. And the problem is, of course, that Christianity holds together. If we try and play Jenga with some of the bricks of our faith, what might happen is that the whole tower would fall down. <clears throat> and so does it really matter if Jesus is God? Could he just be an admirable human being with amazing teaching? Well, you might like to think that, but actually that contradicts his claims, where he claimed to be God, his actions, where he did the things that only God could and should do, and particularly the significance of his cross. Just think about it for a moment. How would the, another tragic human death change anything in the world? Even if it was a great example of love, how would that really change anything? But if it's God himself on the cross, if Jesus is God stepping into our place, that on the cross he took on our sin, that on the cross everything changes because Jesus does something we can't do for ourselves. Well, that would make a difference. So continue to believe that Jesus is God because it makes a difference to the rest of the Easter story. And also particularly, continue to believe that Jesus has literally, physically risen from the dead. That's another big Jenga piece that sometimes people try and take out. Sometimes people try and say, well, maybe it's just the rebirth of hope. Maybe Jesus rose from the dead figuratively, like his, his memory and his influence live on. He's always with us in that sense. But again, don't think that it doesn't matter that Jesus literally or physically rose from the dead. It really does. The Apostle Paul says if Jesus is not risen from the dead, then our faith is in vain. It matters. Everything depends on it. If you like, it's the Father's yes to Jesus. It's yes to who Jesus is and the claims that he made. It's yes to his identity as the unique Son of God. It's yes to his offering of himself in our place. That the Father says, yes, this is something that I can receive. This is a perfect sacrifice. It suffices, it does what needs to be done to save you and me. <clears throat> the physical resurrection is God's yes to our bodies and to this world. Something we really need to know in a time of sickness and even, and even death. The resurrection tells us that nothing is outside God's control, that his power is greater than death itself. And so this year we're celebrating Easter in a different way. <coughs> There's no confetti cannon. There aren't any balloons bouncing around in the church. But there's still an explosion of joy that can be in the heart of anybody who receives this message afresh. You may be able to go out and have fun, find an egg, perhaps, if your parents have been able to do something in a garden. Those eggs are symbols of new life. They remind us of the, the tomb, the stone that was rolled away. But they're just symbols of how God gives a new birth to those who ask for it. So I pray today that there would be an explosion of joy in your heart because of the Easter message, because it proves who Jesus is, it proves that what he did for us has been accepted by the Father. And it shows us a glimpse of our future, that God himself has these bodies in mind, that Jesus physically rose, because who we are and what we are is good 
and God wants it to be with him forever. God has power beyond even suffering, sickness and death. That's a message that everybody needs to hear at this time. And so there's an amazing transformation. If you come in the darkness of today, if you come in the confusion of this season, but you come to the tomb and you discover that Jesus' Jesus's tomb is empty, that he has risen and he is alive, then your experience can be like that of Mary. Peter and John went back, but Mary stayed around. And as we read on from verse 11, it says that while she was there, they had an, she had an encounter with somebody she took to be the gardener. And Jesus spoke to her. Jesus spoke her name, personal, individual, Mary. And she turned towards him in reali- realisation and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Instead, go and tell my brothers, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. And so she ran back to the disciples with joy. I have seen the Lord. You know, we come in the confusion of our faith while it's dark and we discover that God has done something. And if we keep pressing in, if we keep looking for Jesus, in that message, we can have the same experience as Mary. She met with him, she spoke with him, she touched him, she had her her purpose restored, and she found fresh promise of what God is gonna do in the future. Now, in the last couple of weeks, Becky and I have had a bit more time with me not traveling and with our evenings free. So we've been watching, like you probably, quite a lot of Netflix. And one of the things that Becky likes to do is she likes to go to look at the last episode because when we've invested a lot, she wants to see if it has a happy ending or not. Drives me nuts, but she always tries to do it secretly so I don't discover until later. But she's the sort of person that likes to know the end so she can enjoy the ride as we go through. And in some senses, that's what God does for us at Easter. Through the resurrection of Jesus, he helps us to see the end so we can enjoy the ride with all of its ups and downs, with all of its challenges. And even when it has a time of darkness, of suffering, of confusion and doubt, we know as Christians, we know that ultimately what we're moving towards is life and joy in the presence of God. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia.